Cartoon Network podcast commentary <laughs> on Return of Daimajin. I am your co-host, Kent, and with me is your other co-host. Jason, and you almost screwed that one up right away. <laughs> like, like you did with the Pacific Rim Uprising with Independence Day Resurgence. Independence Day Resurgence. <laughs> <laughs> oh shit <laughs> I have the cases of the porky pig <laughs> but seriously we t- well, <laughs> jeez welcome to our commentary someone's having brain farts <laughs> and we got oops thank you uh, I uh, am your co-host Kent and with me is your other co-host Jason what's going on peeps and then we got a special guest here. Well, he's leaving right now. My son, Lincoln, he will be joining us here in a few moments. But we are doing the second uh, commentary of the Daimajin series, Return of Daimajin. This was when we had, excuse me, originally started at some point last summer. And for whatever reason, we did not um, conclude the the commentary series. We just never came back to it for whatever strange reason. So just never really thought about doing, it. Yeah, what we're going to be doing today and a couple of weeks from now is um, we will be finishing this trilogy up and from the commentary standpoint. So um, – and I wanted to do a quick mention here. My Blu-ray keeps automatically starting here. Anybody who owns this knows how ridiculous that yeah, is. Yeah, I, I had you – know I, 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 I just had to pop <laughs> – I just had to pop mine out for a bit so it just completely stops it from doing it. But anyways, um, I'll just pause it here, actually, for a moment, and then I'll just hit the top menu when we're getting close to starting this. Um, what I, a quick note uh, that I want to say, we haven't uh, said anything definitively yet, but I just want to give everybody a heads up just so that they're aware when the time comes, is that since we are going to be doing the Daikaiju Fest again this year, and we are in the planning stages in terms of what panels we want to do, who wants to do what, and what kind of panels we want to do together. We decided that the best thing to do would be to um, after we do the Godzilla vs. Kong commentary on April 17th, we're going to quit podcasting live like this for a while. Um, because then that will allow us more time to put together Daikaiju Fest. We will end up recording everything over the next couple of months. Jason, uh, thank Jason for putting all the special effects and the editing stuff together. And um, and then when the time comes, uh, he will end up premiering all of our stuff together appropriately for Daikaiju Fest. We yeah, so the week of what would be G Fest. Yeah, so basically we're gonna have things quote unquote premiere live, but um like it's gonna stream things live, but everything's gonna be all pre recorded during that uh time when G Fest was originally supposed to be scheduled on the second weekend of July because some of us are going to be doing some things during that week. I'm planning on doing some road tripping during during that time as well since now GFS has been postponed into next year. So i got uh, Plan B pretty much going. Yeah, I, I, we just thought it was easier for us because if we kept going with the every other week recording along with trying to put Daikaiju Fest together, it was going to be too much for Jason. And, and 
Jason yes. is really the the brains behind all of this stuff. I do if I do anything, it's more of like the planning in terms of the content, and then he puts all the nitty gritty stuff together the music the 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 logos and and all that that stuff so you have to you have to thank jason for the the fact that this uh crappy podcast gets out to you (laughs) at all (laughs) but uh it just was going to be too much like it would be even too much for me i got two kids who are doing virtual learning at home it was just going to be too much for both of us to keep doing podcasting and at the same time to try to find time to either come together or to do certain things solo uh, for certain panels. So after April 17th, I'm doing live podcasting for like the next couple of months uh, so that we can go ahead and do recordings and, and other things for Daikaiju Fest. And then once that's done, then we will resume, you know, our regular podcast. Yeah. And even me dealing with work, not just this here, but other things too, is that. I mean, I can admit, too, that I've at least had a hard time just to try to get the audio version of the podcast uh, worked out, uploaded, and get everything on the website so it can uh, be distributed out to the, you know, uh, Spotify, Apple Podcasts, uh, Google Podcasts, iHeartRadio, and TuneIn as well, which you can kind of see down below in the ticker uh, there. So the those are the audio podcasts that we're on but uh yeah at least this uh, this uh couple month break would at least help us out especially when we're already in the midst of planning for daikaiju fest 2 so yeah um other than that is there any other housekeeping stuff we need to do before we proceed with the commentary here um like I, uh, like I said here, um, if I can lower my volume down here just a bit, because I think I finally got to get my microphone working properly here, because I know the past <laughs> few weeks that, that it keeps going up and down. But um, anyways, as far as the uh, audio podcast, as I mentioned earlier, we're on Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, Spotify, uh, iHeartRadio, and TuneIn as well. And, and then on uh, video streams, we're on YouTube, Twitch, Facebook, uh, Periscope, and DLive as well. And uh, make sure to uh, like and subscribe to us at these uh, platforms uh, and as well as uh, leave uh, a review, stars, whatever. So, and now spread more spread, than one star, please. Yeah, yeah. Spread the please. love. <laughs> spread the love. All right. So, uh, are we kind of getting ready to to get going here, more or less? Yeah. So, I'm gonna need to pop the Blu-ray disc back in my okay, player here. Menu set up on my deal here. Okay, and I need to unmute my TV here. These darn Blu-rays. I don't appreciate it when DVDs and Blu-rays just start by themselves here. Let me know when you got your icon on play on Return of Daimajin. Not Daimajin. We got to make sure that it's on the right one. Yeah. (laughs) No, I don't want to resume play right now. (laughs) So right now it's just going through the uh, all the FBI. Don't worry about it. Stuff. Oh, wait a minute. You're going through the FBI warnings and stuff? 
Yeah, so right now it's just showing the Mill Creek logo, so then I'll go to the... Oh, okay, you're starting... Okay, I thought it's... It's just I'm taking like, me to the menu. Show up well, just my uh, TV just popped up a little window saying, do you want to resume play? And I said no. So it just <laughs> took me through the <laughs> Say no, I never asked in the first place. <laughs> <laughs> All right, so right now I've got, I've got the uh, play highlighted for Return of Daimajin. So I'm going to go three, two, one, go. When I say go, we're going to hit the OK button on the play on Return of Daimajin for anybody because more or less if you own this movie, it's more than likely the Blu-ray. All right. Yeah. So here we go. You ready? Yep. All right. Three, two, one, go. All right. <laughs> and then turn over to the commentary cam so you won't see our ugly butt faces. Speak for yourself. <laughs> <laughs> Mine's a finger face. <laughs> yeah, I think the last time I remember watching this movie was when we last uh, discussed this on the episode, maybe about a couple or so years ago. Yeah, like, um, and I and I know I talked about this when we originally discussed these movies a few years back, and I'm not sure if I did it again when we did the original commentary on Daimajin at some point last year. Um, but my favorite out of the uh, Daimajin trilogy is this one, Return of Daimajin. Uh, part of it is due to the cast. I love Kojiro Hongo. I think he's a fantastic act, fantastic actor. And on top of that, too, um, the supporting cast, I think, is wonderful. I love the story. I love the setting of this particular film as well. I love how Daimajin is portrayed, uh, the Moses parting the Red Sea type of deal that Daimajin does towards the end. Spoiler alert. Um, I think is really cool. Um, I'm not too keen on terms of how the villain is taken out in this film. That is the only real complaint I have about this particular film. Um, but otherwise, I really do like this one um, an awful lot. And, well, and then this actor too. Um, what is his name? I need to look him up here. He's in Gamera versus Barugan as well. He this guy is really good. He tends to play a lot of um villains for the most part here. Let me see here. Has what he, is his Has he done uh, Koji Fujiyama? Yeah, that dude. <sighs> Oh, shoot. I forgot to put the actual dub on. What dub? Can't, yeah, I like dubs. <laughs> I prefer dubs. <laughs> oh, I've I've just got the subs. So at least this way I can sort of see what's going on here. Oh, I need to... I got the subs on even with the English, but... I, I would let me see. Tag on it here, Kent. Get your act together. Turn this up here more.
all these. In fact, if I remember correctly, the first two Daimaji movies were dubbed back in the 60s originally. The third one, however, was dubbed by Mill Creek, if I remember correctly. I probably would have to check on that one. I'm pretty positive of that. But I think at times it seems to me that every time I watch these kinds of movies, it sort of also reminds me in a way with uh, the infamous Polgassery movie. Oh, man, dude, don't bring that up. (laughs) (laughs) I don't know why. It's not a terrible movie. It's just dull. I find it dull. One of these times we'll have to commentate or discuss the uh, sort of the rebooted version of it. <laughs> it's it's early in 2021. You're going to start, you know, <laughs> sticking needles in me this early. <laughs> I do own the DVD of that movie. But, of course, the, the place where I got it from, sadly, uh, is no longer available. So, sadly, you can't pick it up. <laughs> well, at least you can watch it for free. You can where? Oh, yeah. On YouTube. I mentioned about it but, like at least a few times. Again, that movie to me is so dull that I kind of forget about it most of the time. <laughs> and, there are, and there are at least a few others that are for free that you can watch on YouTube. Better not name them just in case the Popo are listening in and then they want to take them <laughs> down. We can definitely tell Hongo is not playing that flute there because <laughs> the lips did not match the amount of breath. I was, was the one going. that played the flute. <laughs> But yeah, at the same time, I, re- I really like these uh, movies that are dated back in the like in the Edo period. Yeah, feudal Japan. Yeah. Um, I think I mentioned it on here before. Um, my final semester at university, one of the classes I took was it was um, so- called something to the effect of uh, samurai, like uh, you know, learn about Japanese samurai. And we went through like 2,000 years worth of Japanese history of of the samurai. And um, it was about the time in which this Blu-ray set originally was released. And I watched this within three or so weeks after graduating from college. And, you know, obviously my uh, education was still pretty fresh in my mind. And I just – geeking out a little bit because some of the stuff I learned, I was paying closer attention to some of the detail and stuff in terms of traditions and some of the things that were being taken out in terms of ceremonies and all that stuff throughout these uh, three films. And uh, yeah, I really enjoy that too. I, I, I even have you, well, 
obviously you can't see it, but I have a huge book. It's like that thick. Jason can see this, but none of you can. Uh, more or less like, you know, four or five inches thick. It's on the history of Japan. And most of it is about kind of this period. Mm-hmm. Um, I, I find it very interesting. I own several other books. I got one book specifically on the samurai. I've got another book. Um, I'm positive I do. I'm not seeing it at the moment. It could be buried because I got a ton of books. One, uh, I might have a book on the ninjas as well. And I knew originally going into this trilogy over eight years ago now that uh, one of the criticisms many people had about this trilogy was that didn't show up until kind of the final 10, 15 minutes of the film. And initially that made me a little apprehensive, but nevertheless, I was like, you know, I'm a huge fan of this sort of film. I'm going to check them out anyway. And when I saw the first one for the first time back in early January of 2013, I didn't mind too much. And the more I've watched these movies over the years, it's like, I I don't mind. And again, it kind of goes back to what we were talking about about five minutes ago about the history of this period of the Japanese people and all that, that, that I, and I, one of the things I majored in was history in general. I'm a, a historian major and just, seeing this stuff keeps me entertained as it is anyways mm-hmm. and the daimajin stuff is almost like the cherry on the on the sunday yeah and to me i think it's just more than daimajin himself that i really enjoy watching these films i just like the human aspect the setting the story uh the characters i mean i I really like how things are set up that lead up to uh, towards the ending when Daimajin appears. Yeah, me too. And and the interesting thing is I consider really all three movies in a sense are similar, but I think the first two are even more similar to each other. Mm-hmm. The third one tends to take uh, a bit a of little, a different twist. Yeah, um, a little bit of a more – something a little bit different – then yeah the first two just try to keep it maybe a little bit fresh instead of having it repetitive like the second one sort of did it's like repeating uh the first thing uh, like the first film but with different characters and maybe some different events going on but yeah like the third one is trying to do something a little bit different yeah definitely and and i remember you know, years ago when I first saw that third movie, I was really annoyed by the kids, and oh, I yeah. made that and I made that very clear a few times on here. But with time, I've I've grown to be okay with them. <laughs> like, mm-hmm. you know, but um, but yeah, like I, I still think this one is my favorite. I, I this one in some cases, of course, is still different from the first one, but I think it is more similar than what the third one is to the first film. Uh, But again, at the same time, all three films are very similar. You have this very evil uh, dude uh, taking over, you know, kind of this, this 
not really kingdom, I, I forget the term, but this lordship of, of a village and just being an absolute jerk, you know, putting people to death, torturing them and all that stuff. And then it's up to the heroes to try to figure out ways to stop them, but then also trying to get Daimajin involved to really solve the problem through violence. <laughs> More or less, I mean, that's kind of what it is. And one of the things I didn't realize until... I think two or three years ago when I was going through these films, is that there is an elemental element, no pun intended, um, to all three of these films. You have the first Daimajin, which I think was wind. This one is water. And I think the final one is fire, I think. Or, uh, you said the first one was earth? Wind. Wind, okay. I'm probably guessing, I think it. I think the third one could be Earth. It's either Earth or fire, but I'm almost positive it could be fire. It's been a while since I've last watched that. Oh, heck. All three of them, it's been a while since I've last watched. Last time I watched these was with my son Lincoln. It was last spring or summer um, because, you know, being out of class with the pandemic and all that, we just decided every other night there for a while, we were just going to show him kaiju films and tokusatsu films that he had not seen before. And eventually we got to these. So, um, yeah, it's been within the last, I don't know, eight to eight to ten months since I last watched watch these. Hmm. And then we get the opposing uh, faction here that they were hiding within those uh, haystacks, which, whichever that they brought in, and trying to assassinate uh, Hongo's character here. It's amazing that other than Fujiyama, the guys who are in the hay bales don't have any sort of armor on them. It's like, okay, you, you missed a step here. Like, don't you think putting on some sort of armor to protect yourself would be? I think there. I think, <laughs> I think there's a certain name for for the for that kind of uh, uh, warrior back in Japan. I'm not entirely sure. I haven't really studied much of Japanese. Stupid. <laughs> no, uh, <Japanese laughs> military or any of that during this time period. Can you imagine, though, dying like through a blade, you know, or something like that, where more or less, unless you're stabbed through a heart or something, and even then, like, you, you by and large bleed out? <laughs> Just, yeah. Uh, what a way to go. They died. <laughs> they get cut up. I really like the sets that they've done with this movie. Yeah, and remember, folks, for anyone who you know has forgotten or may not be aware, this is by the same studio that did your Gamera movies at the same time. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> they made all three of these films in the same year, 1966. I mean, that's quite the feat, just doing three the secret gate the- which is a very much a repeat of the first film there and then here we go again you know more more rocks to secure the 
entrance there, or the exit, I should say. But yeah, it's sort of, and then it's sort oops. of amazing how they did three movies of the of the same thing in one year. I mean, that's sort of unheard of. I think though each film had a different director, if I'm not mistaken. I wouldn't doubt it. Let let me see here. do like a lot of these older dubs i mean there's just a nostalgia for that kind of of dubbing that i i love so much mm. apparently it seems to only show one director <laughs> i hope he got paid well <laughs> <laughs> Oh, no, never mind. Here we go. Uh, Kimiyoshi Yasuda was the first one. And then the director that did this one is Kenji uh, Misumi. And the third one, Daimajin Strikes Again, was Issei Mori. I was going to say because, and I don't remember the release schedule, but one was more or less released within the first two three months of 66 and the other one more or less was released in the summer and the other one was like fall some i mean excuse me fall winter um i guess you know if you had the same guy boy i mean you're talking about within a month month and a half you know like (laughs) that's a lot I mean, it can be done, but, you know, I don't know if you want to be the same guy doing that for three consecutive films. Jim Fukuda did that with Godzilla vs. Megalon. Everything was put together inside of 28 days for that film. And, yeah, I don't think you want to be someone who is like, you know, you got the fire under your butt to produce a new movie inside of a month month and a half <laughs> you know, three you know three times within a given year I, I would think that would put so much stress on you that probably put you in an early grave yeah well then probably they're they're working overtime and stuff too just to try to get you can imagine like though if it were you know a, a one-man director by the time he got to the third film it'd be an excessive alcoholic and probably so abusive <laughs> to the crew and cast just oh man you would feel bad for like the kids who were involved in that <laughs> you know in that third movie <laughs> maybe that's why the one kid died in that third movie he's like Damn it, like I need to get rid of one of you. Right? And have one of the kids drown. <laughs> oh, God. <laughs> yeah, who cares? The 
the voice actor doing this guy here. He's in a lot of different stuff. You hear him quite a bit in Gamera. You hear him in Warning from Space. You hear him in a couple of the earlier Godzilla films. This voice actor is one of those voice actors that I remember an awful lot. Because, you know, for the reasons I just stated, he's in a quite a bit of stuff. And as a kid, I heard, you know, I watched some of these films that he's dubbed. And just, once again, nostalgia. <laughs> Nani? Oh, and that's like by the hip. Unlike where the bladder and everything is. <laughs> I'm thinking more like um, prostate. <laughs> no, that's too low. <laughs> <laughs> I just like maybe liver, you know. Kidney. The kidneys are up, kind of inside your rib cage. So is the liver. The liver is kind of right. Well, you can't see it. It's like right here. <laughs> uh, no, I think it's probably right around here, sort of where the. Below the peck. It's just outside the rib cage. Anatomy on Daikaiju Network. (laughs) Science! (laughs) Where's Bill Nye? (laughs) I like that. Oh, don't stop him. (laughs) Like, you dumbass. I like that guy. Oh, but then he gets killed there. <laughs> the guy who went after the villain. Well, yeah, he gets killed here. Smack the villains in the face with the sword. Oh, buddy, I love you. <laughs> <laughs> They're going to end up dying anyways. (laughs) He's six. I'm not even going to bother going there. (laughs) Resistance is futile. Wait a minute. I thought that was Star Trek. All your base belong to us. To us. <laughs> apparently, apparently, just a few days ago, that uh, celebrated its twentieth year. The uh, what did the all, the all your base song? Oh my gosh! <laughs> <laughs> National Are, All Your Base Belong to Us Day. <laughs> it's hard to believe that's been that long ago. I think you listen to that much more than I do. <laughs> oh, no, it's actually been a long time since I've last heard of it. Mm-hmm. 
They're just preying on a mound of dirt. The guy's buried in there, dude. <laughs> <laughs> well, and in, in that aspect, yes, but in real life, it's just a mound of dirt. Well, yeah, when they were making that. <laughs> Do you honestly think, though, they were actually praying in that moment, though, too, as they were making this? You know, I'm just joking here. <laughs> I know you are. But I'm just I'm pointing out the flaws you got here. <laughs> but it's not so much a flaw though. <laughs> oh, we are parsing hairs here. <laughs> in a movie, yes, there's a guy buried in there, but in real life, no. <laughs> in a movie, yes, there's a guy buried in there. <laughs> Just like, ah, yeah, he's there. <laughs> Welcome to Die Guys You Network. <laughs> at Again, least, what I was at uh, least uh, your... earlier, that big bells play a big thing in these films too. Like, uh, you know, these bells play a big deal in terms of uh, uh, summoning emotions, mainly the more depressing and saddening moments within the films, and eventually summoning Daimajin itself. Hey, at least my flub isn't as bad as your Independence Day Resurgence flub. <laughs> Mine's funnier, though. <laughs> we should probably do an Independence Day Resurgence commentary now. <laughs> We're just having fun. I think it's taking things a little too seriously over here. Nope, I'm just going to sit right here. And sunbathe. Because that those are what they consider their gods. You know, for some reason with that old guy, I could have I sworn that I've seen him somewhere. Maybe he was in the first time I seen or something. Or it could be in some sort of uh, other feudal uh, Japan movie. Maybe like Seven Samurai or, or something else. You know, that was a film I bought on Blu-ray almost four years ago now. And I went through and I watched the first half of it and I never finished it. <laughs> I would also suggest uh, seeing Yojimbo and San Judo. Those are really good films. I do own those too. Haven't seen them. <laughs> you, you got to, man. I have... I They're have Seven so Samurai, the, the duology you just mentioned. I have Rashomon. I did watch that a few years ago. Yeah, I've, um, I've also got Rashomon. 
And then there was another. I think. I know there was another. I think oh, I have thrown a hidden, blood too, hidden fortress. Do you have? Do you have that one? Let me see if I got that here. Let me see here. And right now you got the. people that took over this village trying to uh, unlodge uh, the Daimajin statue here or destroy it. I do. I do own that one. Still haven't yeah, seen that one either. <laughs> yeah, that's, that movie was sort of the movie that inspired George Lucas to do Star Wars. I'm telling you right now, Hidden Fortress is a better movie. <laughs> the more, you know, I, I used to be kind of a, you know, I, I mean, I've never been a Star Wars geek, but, you know, in the whole Star Wars versus Star Trek deal, um, like 15 or so years ago, I was like, no, I'm more Star Wars just because there's more action. And as I've gotten older, I'm like, you know, the Star Wars movies, you know, they're mildly cool. But Star Trek is a significantly better series. It's like better characters. There's more substance to them. It's like these things are so much better. <laughs> Those are explosives. Trying to blow up their god, their Imagine. <laughs> yes. Boy, I, I, I more or less demoralize them. I think they they don't have enough. I think they should add more. <laughs> I don't know. I look at that and I'm like, that's excessive. <laughs> it's like it's like you got enough there to blow up almost the whole island. <laughs> Be like a meteorized version of the uh, atomic bomb. <laughs> It's like now we know what killed the dinosaurs. <laughs> I like this. I'm sorry, but <laughs> he's trying to stomp it out. I'm sorry, but <laughs> you have to admit on some level there's some hilarity in that. Some, some familiar riffs. Again, Akira Fukube also scored this trilogy. Which obviously you can hear some of the familiar tracks that he's done. That's what I just said, yeah. yeah. actually some cool mat work there I keep forgetting how early in the movie this stuff happens oh my gosh see look the explosions were so excessive that some of the pieces flew all the way to the mainland 
I get tricked every time I watch this movie because this happens so early. I keep thinking, okay, they're like, really, Daimajin's coming up soon. It's like, no, they. Uh, they they do get the ball rolling early, but uh, he's not he's still not coming up for a while. I'm just so used to the uh, you know like the last movie and the next film where you know the bad dudes come along and once they try to do something to the the Majin statue, that's when you know shortly thereafter. Um, you know. He, that, that's when he comes alive. Yes. I mean, you think in real life, when they're buried in all that rubble and stuff, you think it would just crush them and that they would be killed from all that. No, no, you can't do that to me. <laughs> I just did. <laughs> I did the timeout signal to Jason. <laughs> Movie where this rock god eventually comes to life, and Jason's concerned about people being crushed by by rocks. <laughs> <laughs> Why don't you just grab his leg and just try to yank him down? (laughs) (laughs) Immediately, my mind went to so many different places there. (laughs) The guy gets neutered. grab his leg and just that's all we say <laughs> let your imagination roll with that one 
But yeah, it's like he had his foot right at the edge there. It's like into they had that huge opening in that dungeon or wherever that they had. <laughs> then he takes off the guy's sandal and just starts slapping him with it. <laughs> He got Hongo's character, Judo, basically passed out, and I'm not sure. I forget the other person that's in the boat with him, but currently unconscious. to say out of the um, few movies that I've seen Kajiro Hongo in this might be my favorite of his and I really do enjoy 
uh, Gamer vs. Barogon as well. I think Gamer vs. Barogon is one of the more underrated entries in the Gamera saga. And and I think that's a very well-made film yeah, also. Not sure why he, he didn't really do much with the whole kaiju genre. Well, part of it, though, too, is we have to remember a lot of actors were un- in Japan, anyways, during this time period under the contract system. So they worked under particular studios for a while. I- it wasn't mm. until I think the 70s in which that system no longer existed. And then, you know, actors could go to any studio that they wanted. Um, and Dai, the only tokusatsu stuff, um, at least major, excuse me, tokusatsu stuff that they did involved Gamera in this trilogy. I'm not sure if they did anything else that was sort of um, considered minor tokusatsu stuff uh, or anything like that, either during the same time or even afterwards. Um, I've never heard anything mentioned or I haven't read anything that suggested that Daie, during this period of Daimajin and Gamera, or even after Gamera ended, well, Zegra ended in 71, I believe, and Super Monster was 80. I'm not sure if Daie did anything else, or much, with Tokusatsu kind of in that period. Yeah, we can... Check here. But again, I think more specifically during the 60s here in the early 70s, when they still had that contract system, I don't think Dai was really doing much at all. And if that's the case, then yeah, it explains why Hongo wasn't in much. I mean, he was in Gamma vs. Baragon, he was in Gamma vs. Virus, he was in this particular film. I'm trying to briefly think of the characters in the Gamma films. I. I think other than oh he was in Gamma versus Gauss. Um so yeah, he was in three Gamma films. Um and I think that was really it. Mhm. Yeah, it seems like before their bankruptcy and or buyout to Kawakawa, obviously the last one would is Gamera 3 here from what I've seen in their... Uh, he was in Gamera 3? Well, I, was just, I know he was in Guardian of the Universe. No, you no I, was just, I, was just, I was just looking at the filmography of, of what other tokusatsu or kaiju related films that Dai's done oh yeah because I know he was one of the ship captains at the beginning of Guardian of the Universe but I don't really count that because he you know he's what a fourth fifth bit character in that film Kujiro Hongo apparently he passed away on uh, Valentine's Day in 2013 his, uh, and his, apparently he retired from acting was in 2001. 
Yeah. How old is he? Uh, he was 74. Right now he's 74? Well, that's when he passed away in 2013. Oh. Oh, wow. As I said, he passed away on Valentine's Day in 2013. Oh, I thought you said he was born on Valentine's Day. Nope. But he was born the day after, 15th of February, 1938. So he was just shy, a day shy away from his uh, 75th birthday. Jeez. But yeah, apparently his uh, last film was uh, called Family 2, which is a Yakuza film in 2001. Oh, makes sense. But yeah, he he wasn't in a kaiju film since Gamer Guardian of the Universe. And again, that was such a bit role. I mean, that was no more than like one or two minutes max on film. Yeah, between that film and the last kaiju-related one that he appeared in, last one was Gamer vs. Virus. So, <laughs> about close to uh, 40 years. Here's the kicker, though. Imagine being... Kyle Chandler, you are in the 2005 Kong movie, then you're in the 2019 Godzilla King of the Monsters movie, and now you're coming back to see your ape friend take on the giant fire-breathing lizard in 2021's Godzilla vs. Kong. Chandler. I I think I mentioned something like along that line many years ago I would love to have that on my resume like that's what I would put at the top I was I was in two Godzilla and two Kong movies and and in one of those movies they shared the uh, spotlight yeah. <laughs> how do you like the movie so far Lincoln I I thought he was gonna say that because that's what he said the last time. What was it? It's as nice as a birthday cake. <laughs> is he trying to what fight is that, with a boat paddle? <laughs> For a second, I thought it looked like a broom. <laughs> I was like, is that a paddle? <laughs> when I was in eighth grade. I was the first one in my class to make a whooping stick and I drilled a bunch of holes in it so that way you wouldn't have wind resistance. Both and of us I had carried, something like that. <laughs> and I carried mine openly out in the hallway from shop class <laughs> to my locker and I made, I think, a couple more for a couple of my friends. And Ever since then, especially in recent years, I've thought about that to myself. I'm like, there is no way I could get away with something like that now. (laughs) 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 In shock class. And the teacher knew it. Like, you know, I I did it out in the open, and the teacher thought it was funny. He's like, what are you making? I said, a whooping stick. And he just kind of chuckled a little bit. (laughs) And that was, you know, that was it. Yeah. Don't worry about it. <laughs> I know you made we made me you one too. 
I know, I did, yeah. I don't know if it was uh, either me or also you that we put uh, tape around the uh, the handle area. There. I remember putting tape around yours. I can't remember if I did around mine or not. Because I did a lot of sanding on mine, on the edges and stuff, to make it, you know, feel feel decent. Yeah. I just I look I I think about that. And I'm just like, there's no way that would happen <laughs> today. <laughs> there's nothing there. <laughs> I do have that shirt. You know, with that guy tied up like that, you know, it'd be funny that he should just get up and then just shrug off all that rope and just walk off. Just, you know, jiggles the shoulders and the rope yeah. falls off. Yeah, that's what I was saying. <laughs> and then and then the the guys there they they just look dumbfounded and just look at one another. <laughs> They're like, huh, you know, that was a great magic trick and then he pulls out a pistol. I will become more powerful than you have ever imagined. By the power of Grayskull. <laughs> That's from a completely different series. <laughs> yeah, well, his sword was up in the air. That's why I said it. <laughs> well, yeah, but I was just quoting from Obi-Wan Kenobi. Again, I haven't seen those movies in a long time simply because I don't think they're that great. <laughs> Well, you're not great either. I bought part seven on Blu-ray watch. And I'm like, this is like part one. Then I, oh boy. That's, and then that's I bought quite, part eight and I heard how terrible it was. Oh yeah. And I never watched it and got rid of it. <laughs> I've never seen, and I've never seen part nine. But yeah, that would have to be a horrible death. Being stabbed by a stone. <laughs> through the chest well it's like what i was talking about earlier in the film like imagine dying from like a blade you know a knife or a sword or something where by and large you bleed out like nothing swift and you know it's just it's it's painful and and pretty agonizing Mm mm-hmm I mean, you didn't have to cut the rope. You should have just <laughs> should have just shrugged it off. You know what would have been funny is if all of a sudden the guy stood up, and then you hear Raiden, and then the guy disappears. 
<laughs> the guy was Raiden. <laughs> it's it's the Mortal Kombat one voice, Raiden. <laughs> <laughs> so Diabogen's part of the Mortal Kombat universe. <laughs> Imagine that. I would pay D- DLC for that. <laughs> <laughs> Dimension wins. Fatality. He stacked on me. Fatality again. Friendship. Friendship. Dimension makes no friends. <laughs> <laughs> I'm just we're just being silly. <laughs> Clyde's right into the rock. <laughs> and he saw it coming too, which would make it funny. <laughs> hey look, a rock. Yeah. Boom. Oh no. <laughs> I will say this, though, like in these first two movies, and we don't get it in the third film, but the the leading ladies here are pretty good on the eyes. <laughs> oh, yeah. That'd be funny if she said, hey, put your head here, listen to the bell, and then the guy does, and she just takes the big old log and smack. <laughs> oh, man, get... Oh, man, yep. I forgot that guy died. Allie getting sliced, but stabbed, too. <laughs> like, by a short spearhead, too. Like, something that doesn't, you know, really go in enough to... You know, get something entirely, but just enough, like, ugh. Funny when he was turning around, the boat that Hongo just (laughs) falls over. (laughs) I was just thinking that, like, he goes head first into the drink. I bet you anything that there are some outtakes where he did accidentally fall <laughs> when they did that. <laughs> did you see some outtakes of the Rocky Four recut? I don't think so. There was one where Stallone was like, you know, he wanted them to throw water on him, you know, at the end of a round. And the first one, like, they threw it right in his face and he starts laughing. He's like, okay, like, we got to try that again. And so they they do it right the second time. (laughs) You haven't seen that one. I did see uh, one of his recent Instagrams where he was in a... uh Sound studio looked like where they were doing some stuff with Rocky Four. So if I'm you guessing- go to YouTube and go to, I think it's Total Rocky the the channel. They have an 11 minute compilation of kind of from beginning to the most recent. The movie, by and large, is finished. So hopefully, within the next, I don't know, a few weeks to a month or so, that thing is going to be ready. I'm actually looking forward to whenever they do a 4K release for 
that entire anthology. I'm just hoping we get a Blu-ray release or, you know, of the Zack Snyder Justice League. I think that'll be a year, year and a half before we see that. And then um, Rocky Four, the director's cut as well. I just had a chuckle at uh, Hongo's <laughs> stare there. <laughs> Your boat has been surrounded. I see nobody behind him. He's not surrounded. He lied to you. Mm-hmm. Oh, wait a minute. There they are. <laughs> You know, it'd be hilarious if they had uh, one of the guys that's holding up the. Uh, <laughs> Lincoln that? just said, "Imagine they tried shooting at him, and then they then he ducked, and they keep missing." Or, or what would have been funny that uh, one of them, you know, was aiming at the the guys, but the rifle was in the opposite direction. <laughs> <laughs> well that shoulder shimmy is not going to work here just just yank the entire pull f- pull and just run up but also I mean, uh, it's probably not buried too deep <laughs> into the ground. Watching, he's like, he's like five feet off the ground, and his legs are wiggling as he's trying to move around. He's like, oh, this is like ten feet deep. Her face looks so pale. <laughs> I'm a ghost. And her facial express expression seems a little bit more mellow. Slapping him with the fan. <laughs> <laughs> that would have been like, what a pansy. <laughs> you can make all sorts of your mama jokes to the guy there, probably make him mad. <laughs> It's a witch! Burn her! 
be like, time out, time out, time out. This ain't Salem. (laughs) (laughs) Happen to just imagine living in that time period and witnessing all that sort of execution stuff. The thing is, though, like, you were either forced to or that was considered a form of entertainment as well. It's just back, you know, going back to the Roman period with the Colosseum and people quote-unquote fighting lions and that sort of thing. Yeah. And of course, say you trying to get her prayers answered, and now once she sheds a tear, the first coming. Movies, every time a woman sheds a tear, Daimajin's like, "All right, now I'm definitely needed. I'm making people cry here." <laughs> And they put the wood in, and then the fire like blows in their face, and their face is on fire. And, like, ah, ah. and then the island that these guys are on, where the statue was, it just erupts in a volcano. <laughs> <laughs> Wait a minute, it's just the head. Wait a minute, no, we blew up the body too. What's going on here? Uh oh, it's moving. I told you yes, you can shut him. You like doing that move. Why don't you do his move? I'm doing it. After we watched that movie uh, last summer, you kept going around going. <laughs> like that's this. What, that's what Lincoln kept doing. He kept doing the transformation. See, even Uncle Jason's doing it. He's pretty bummed about not being able to go to G-Fest this year. Oh, I'm sure of it. But again, like you and I talked about, we kind of saw this coming. And this is the one thing that I really like about this movie, where he just parts parts it like Moses, in a way. Like I was saying at the top of the f- the commentary, I'm like, this is one of my favorite <clears throat> scenes out of the entire tri- – it, it, in fact, it's one of my favorite special effects scenes in Japanese tokusatsu. I know it's – you know, you can obviously see kind of around its helmet a little bit of blue from the blue screen. You know, forget all that. It's still not only done well – what makes it so impressive is that it's badass, and I love that. And it's just, it's amazing. And the 
it's still visually stunning. I love that. Mm-hmm. This movie I've already seen before. I just do the act once when I haven't seen the movie. Well, yeah, you were saying earlier you didn't see it, and I said, yes, you did. <laughs> <laughs> Again, some great screen work here. I know some people would say, well, it's very obvious. But still, again, you got to put yourself back in 1966. This is still amazing. And then the great practical here. And in one smack... Mr. Gorbachev, the wall has been taken down. He's even stronger than Hulk. Daimajin versus Hulk. Lincoln just brought that up. (laughs) (laughs) And go. (laughs) Daimajin, he's a god. That's it. The end. Good luck with that. See, they're still missing <laughs> by by quite a bit. And the Japanese self defense force will become no better several centuries later against kaiju. Yeah. That's how he looks. He's a vengeful god. Because of the bad guys? Mm-hmm. That'd be funny if he used her as a weapon, just <laughs> whack, and just starts whack, whack, whack. And at the end, she's like... <laughs> See, that's cool. Like, you, they built um, a big, big hand for, for Majin there just to put that down. And I'm sure that was the same hand that was used in the previous film, and I think will also be used in the next film. I think that not only they did the hand part, but I think they've done the feet too. Mm-hmm. Yeah. He don't give a fuck. <laughs> I love the cinematography. Like, his whole face is in shadow. There's just enough light shining on him to where you can get a couple of the features. And then also see the eyes, like the expression. Yeah. The eyes, too. <laughs> he won that steering contest. Easy. Well, that won't be easy, I guess. 
That, you know, not so convincing, but, you know, I'm willing to go with it. <laughs> it was probably a smaller version. That, that, Daimajin, yeah, just that, close up. That's the least convincing effect in the whole film. <laughs> yeah. <clears throat> like that's gonna stop him <laughs> like this sequence right here kind of reminds me of the 1954 Godzilla film where you oh, had the, the people Tokyo up in the yeah He destroyed all that, but yet he only destroyed the gate somehow. (laughs) Don't judge Daimajin's power. He does this, and everything collapses. It's just like what they did in the first movie. Imagine if that stuff was just on him for a second, and then he, like, broke all that, and then it just falls off of it. Well, you better watch. (laughs) He just kind of looks at him and is like, okay, we're going for a ride. Because that's what he's supposed to do. Why is he supposed to? He's a vengeful god. Why would vengeful gods destroy stuff? Vengeful means he's out for revenge. What's revenge? You go after the people who hurt you and you hurt them. It's like if you slap me and then I come back and slap you. <laughs> That's revenge. <laughs> you know, with that being a box of dynamite, it'd be funny that uh, Damajan just picks them up one by one just throws them <laughs> towards the guys there. Or flicks them. Or Wiley Coyote effect. They don't go off and then they get closer and they're like, hey, why won't you go off? <laughs> <laughs> I like this an awful lot. I mean, the the practical effects here, the sets blowing up. I mean, everything not only looks beautiful, but is executed beautifully. Yeah, and I think compared 
with the first film, I think with this film, there's more destruction and it seems that there's obviously I would say more scenes with Daimajin in this. Well, yeah, the, the the set pieces were more limited to the pagodas in the first film, which did look good. But here you not only have the pagodas, you have the parting of the sea. So therefore you have more of a technical effect there. Then you have this tunnel scene here too. And then eventually you have the, the boat on fire scene as well. Um, the, there's more effects work and there's just simply more going on as well. I mean, there's even... I believe more going on here than what you get even in the third film. Yeah. Oh yeah, now I remember something. <laughs> well, you're toast. That's pretty obvious. Who wants a sandwich? Yeah. That'd be a horrible way to go. It might be quicker, though, than getting stabbed by a sword. <laughs> He's like, you'll never get away from me. He's like, I'll show you. And then it'd be funny that uh, Ibero just comes out. And just takes the boat. <laughs> Daimajin versus Ibra. <laughs> Shocking. Ibra ends up winning that one. Because he's a god from a stone statue. I also like how he just stands there with, with guys just trying to move. Well, when you're a god and you can like manipulate anything. Well, it's yeah, it's like he's just uh, turning the boat and then just releasing this fire that goes along. <laughs> This ocean. I will say, you know, this is definitely a painful, slow death, but at the same time, I'm not impressed. Like the first one, I liked an awful lot just because he takes the guy and impales him. Like on some level, there's some instant gratification here. It's just like it's slow, and it's like, yeah, technically that's painful, but you know, you just you want to see a guy get his head ripped off or something. <laughs> <laughs> He feels satisfaction. And that's that. 
freeze and like he has to turn into water. Because I guess they're elemental gods. Tear opens the envelope and a tear seals it. <laughs> uh oh. <laughs> Why is that uh oh? Why is that uh oh again? There he goes. And this effect here is pretty cool, too. It is, yes. It's very cool. And the fact, like, you see there in some of the ridges of the armor, how you get a little bit more of it coming down. Mm-hmm. Imagine if you just did that for a second, then just came back up, and then something shooting him, and nothing actually melted him. Okay. What are you doing? I think it's being goofy. Shocker. Why is there a horny jaw on your patient? This is part of the helmet. What are these? You don't need to worry about that. And then they can still hear the bell it's sort of like the ending to uh, Godzilla you know the first one a little yeah and that's that and that is the end of Return of Daimajin not right now no um 
All right, so Lincoln, what did you think of Return of Daimajin? This is a beautiful Valentine's Day cake. We change cakes here now. Um, all right. So, did you want to go first, or did you want me? I guess I can go first. Um, and as I mentioned uh, earlier during our viewing here, that uh, that this is the first time seeing this movie, and probably. Oh, gosh, about a few years ago since the last time we discussed uh, Return Daimajin as part of the whole uh, trilogy. And, uh, yeah, I can still remember uh, quite a bit of the uh, the scenes, even, obviously, the, the famous one where he parts the ocean there. And just with this, and I would probably would agree with Ken on this, that this is probably out of the three... Daimajin films that this is uh, the best one, especially with, uh, I would say, more of the me- memorable characters, uh, better story, plots, um, and as well as you, this time around, you get more of uh, havoc when it comes to Daimajin. Do you want to give any sort of uh, like a, like a score on it or anything like that? Um, I would say to our uh, scoring system, if this is a buy, rent, or pass, I would definitely say a buy on this one. Yeah, again, I still stand by what I said at the start of this commentary, and I believe what I said a few other times in the past. This is my favorite of the Daimajin trilogy. I think it is also the best out of the Daimajin trilogy. Uh, I think the acting is the best here that you're going to get out of the trilogy. That's not to say that the acting is terrible in any of the other two films, but I just think when you have people like Kojiro Hongo and Koji Fujiyama here, that just elevates your movie to a whole other level i like the scenery here i like the effects work here i think damaging in terms of being put into situations where it can destroy things you get a variety here more so than you're going to get in the other films and um I, I just think overall, this, in my opinion, this is not only the most entertaining of the films, I think it's the best. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, if I had to rank the films, I w- it would be two, one, three easily. And I'm saying that, and, you know, we haven't even watched three yet for a commentary. That's not coming up for another couple weeks here. But I'm telling you right now, and I do like three. Don't get me wrong. I'm, uh, you know, of course, years ago, if you had asked me about number three, I would have been like, yeah, it, it's pretty decent, but. The kids annoyed the the living shit out of me, but now the, the, it's not as bad. I still find elements of it to be pretty good, but I think in that order of best to worst, two one three, I think is I, I think it's the best. Um, it's the best of the Daimajin yeah. trilogy. It, and then it, it, it encapsulates everything that it makes this character and its franchise incredible. Yeah, even though that the second one sort of goes on the same uh, formula or a little bit repetitive with the first film, but I think that this time around with the 
the characters of the story and how everything went down. I think it did a l- better than what the first film did. In many ways, yeah, it is almost a, a, a bit of a retelling of that first film with some modifications to it. It is on some level its own story, but at the same time, yeah, it is sort of a retelling. Part three is the only one that sort of deviates the most uh, of its story out of the entire trilogy. But yeah, even then, it's it's almost as if the second director uh, was like, I can tell the story of the first film and do it better than you. Yeah. <laughs> I think <laughs> I think they did. I, like I so, think like some did. sort of competition. <laughs> yeah, I'm sure if they're, I'm sure they had bets placed, and if they, you know, were saying, okay, who's putting money down on what? I'd be, I'd be putting money down on this second film, and I do believe I would not only get my money back, but make a profit as well. Yeah. I, I do think it's it's just a better film and and again that's not to crap on the first film or the third film this whole trilogy is done pretty darn well they are emotionally charged films they are films that are different enough to where by and large you can kind of distinguish between each one again the first and the second ones are so similar that i sometimes get certain parts mixed up between the two mm-hmm. but they are pretty darn similar, almost a carbon copy in, in many respects. But, uh, you know, I just think out of a, a superb trilogy, the second entry in the franchise is the best. Mm-hmm. Definitely a buy. Cool. Well, is there uh, anything else you want to... Uh to add or should we just uh other than nope just wrap it up so again thank you so much for for listening or watching uh here on our commentary we will be back in a couple of weeks to end out this trilogy with daimaging strikes again uh it's sort of a confusing title considering that same type of title could also be used for the second film but we're not going to go there um so yeah we're going to finish out this trilogy here in a couple of weeks and uh we hope to see everybody again there and we will keep you guys posted as far as uh certain things going on with daikaiju best here in the coming months yeah so uh, just uh keep a keep an eye out uh Kent's recently made an article over at daikaijunetwork.com just uh, going over uh, the MonsterVerse, sort of a retrospective uh, I did do article. that, yeah, that was a month ago. <laughs> <laughs> and uh, also make sure to uh, uh, follow us over at the, uh, the Facebook page there, uh, sort of where we do most of our updates on compared to the other social media networks or platforms there but uh yeah so make sure if you haven't uh subscribed to us yet either on the uh, the audio uh platforms or you can see down below apple Podcasts, google Podcasts, spotify iHeartRadio, and tune in or you can subscribe to us on the uh, uh the video platforms youtube twitch uh facebook uh, periscope and d live uh as well so other than that uh we will catch you guys uh what was uh the next uh scheduled date we're going to be doing uh Dimogen strikes again let me open up a quick document here it is going to be march 7th 
All right, so uh, keep an eye out as we will be uh, commentating on March 7th. So if there's anything else, I will uh, take us out with the, uh, the outro music. Take care, everybody. All right. See you guys.